You are Locked On Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rock On Rockies fans, welcome into the Locked On Rockies podcast. I am your host, Paul Holden. And we got a good one for you today. A nice, long, extended conversation with the walking baseball encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Joins the show today. We talk a little bit about Todd Helton and the Hall of Fame, as well as just more general Rocky stuff. So be sure to enjoy this look into the Rockies with the walking baseball encyclopedia. Paul Francis Sullivan. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. We'll be live tomorrow, most likely, on the Spotify Green Room app. So go ahead and download that today. But enjoy this conversation with Sully of Locked On MLB. The man, the myth, the legend, the walking baseball encyclopedia joins us here. Sully from Locked On MLB joins us here. Sully, thank you so much for for your time here and uh, for hanging out on Locked On Rockies. Oh, you know what? I'm having fun here. You know, you know it. I, I hang out with all those whose names start with Paul and Francis. Yes, absolutely. Our, 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 we are brothers in name there and uh, brothers in a love of baseball. And uh, you had me on Locked On MLB to talk about Larry Walker and entering the Hall of Fame. And one of the things I mentioned was opening the door for future Rockies players. And I wanted to run uh, one name by you, potentially a what if scenario for, for a second. And, and then uh, and we'll go from there. So I am curious. Larry Walker, very deserving of the Hall of Fame, gets in on his last ballot. Todd Helton has now been on ballots for four years and has trended upwards. I wanted to know. Your thoughts on, on Todd Helton and and if you think that uh, he would be a, a candidate for the Hall of Fame. Obviously, for me, I think he's kind of a no-brainer. I think he's one of the best defensive players I've I've seen in in my times of baseball. He's definitely the be- one of the best uh, first basemen I've ever seen play the game. I know I'm a I'm a young buck and and I've been raised on Rockies baseball, but but Todd Helton to me seems like a no-brainer for for the second Rockies Hall of Famer. Um, I, I will say this, look at, I have, would have no problem if Todd Helton got into the hall of fame. Um, I, I don't think he's as big of a slam dunk of a case as Larry Walker for, for these reasons. Uh, we discussed when you were on locked on Rockies or when you're on locked on MLB, my show, I'm on locked on Rockies now, where the hell am I? Uh, <laughs> that when you take the, the peak of Larry Walker, that his greatest season, 97, when he won the National League Most Valuable Player Award, that his splits showed that he was arguably better on the road than he was at home, and that he was he actually had better power numbers away from Coors Field than he did in Coors Field that year. You look at the career splits of Todd Helton, at home he's a Hall of Famer, and on the road he's a very good player. Mm-hmm. Now maybe that evens out. But I think that the the course field stigma, which I think is overrated, but I think it applies more to Todd Helton, also for these other reasons, that uh, Larry Walker shown and was a, a, an elite superstar player on Montreal before he came to Colorado. Todd was a Rocky his whole career. I'm not holding any of these things against him. I made the Chuck Klein comparison when you were on Locked On uh, MLB that that was someone who took complete advantage of the Baker Bowl to get into the Hall of Fame. Um, but, you know, when you look at 
you know, Helton's numbers, um, you know, he was playing in cores and he didn't hit some of the career highlights, you know, the 3000 hits, the 400 home runs, some of the other things that when you take someone who is not an elite, you know, who's not a playing a, you know, he may have been a fine defensive first baseman, but we don't think of first base as a defensive position, the same as, Larry Walker was as a right fielder. Right. We don't see him having the 30 some odd stolen base seasons like Larry Walker did. You know, again, if Todd Helton got elected to the Hall of Fame, I I won't be barricading the door. Mm-hmm. You know, I won't say I won't I won't protest. I won't get a tiki torch and protest the 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 election of Todd Helton, who had an undeniably wonderful career and is arguably the greatest Rocky of all time mm-hmm. uh, and who spent his entire career with the Rockies and had that wonderful image when the Rockies finally won the pennant in 2007. It's of him, you know, exalting in the air that I'm going to the world series and not as a rental player. I'm not doing it with the Red Sox. I'm not doing it with the Yankees. I'm not doing it with the Cardinals. I'm doing it with the team I grew up with that developed me. And I've part of this squad. And it was so clear what it meant. Not that it wouldn't have meant something if he made it to the world series as a Detroit tiger, you would have felt good for him, pat him on the head. Kind of like when Paul Molitor went, won a world series title as a member of the Toronto blue Jays, you couldn't help but feel good for Molitor unless you were a Phillies fan. But the fact that Helton got there with a franchise that looked like it was impossible to go to the world series with Colorado and that he did, and that he, he could have demanded a trade and he didn't. And it was, you could see it was all worth it for that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he's the, it's strange that I say he's the greatest Rocky of all time. And yet there's another Rocky who I think <laughs> is a much more deserving <laughs> candidate for the Hall of Fame. So I know it sounds like I'm contradicting myself. I, the only point I'm making is that I don't think he is as slam dunk a case as Larry Walker. Larry Walker, to me, was a no doubt about it. Todd mm-hmm. Helton is one you have to you have to give me the case because he doesn't have the career numbers that make it automatic. And he, um, he doesn't shake the, the core stigma as clearly as Larry Walker did. So that's my only issue. Again, Rocky fans don't come at me. I am not <laughs> trashing Todd Helton. Right. I'm really not. Um, I, it's impossible not to root for a player like Todd Helton. That uh, I just, that's my, and and he's realistically the only other candidate right. for the next, you know, potential Rockies Hall of Famer. So I get it. I just uh, it's just my it's just my take on it. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And and again, you know, it's like when people didn't want Harold Baines in the Hall of Fame, and I didn't agree that Harold Baines was a Hall of Famer, but I'm not going to get upset about it. The right. man had a wonderful career, 2,800 hits, played for, I'm not convinced he's not still playing. You know, <laughs> was an all-star many times over. You know, uh, would I put him in? No, but, you know, they're never going to put in somebody bad. Right. That's you the know? thing to remember with, yeah, and, and, and you kind of nail it there, that the, when you do, you look at Larry Walker's splits and and it's much more of, of the argument that he is able to, to succeed uh, wherever he played. He played in multiple places. Uh, yeah, Todd Helton's uh, split's not as good, but he he was just so good. What I loved about him was just, man, he would get up there and just such a great approach. 
fouling balls off and then doubling the gap. Just as, as a player growing up, he, he was someone that I enjoyed watching quite a bit. And it makes sense. I guess I think that's where my Rockies fandom kind of uh, blinds me a little bit when it comes mm-hmm. to Todd Helton's uh, Hall of Fame chances because I watched him play defense at first base and I thought it was great, but it is first base. It is, you know, it is, it is one of those things where I, I know defense isn't as important, but man, he, he made a lot of Rockies players look a lot better. I think because of how good he was at first base. I'm going to point out something here because in my head, while you were talking, not that I wasn't completely <laughs> wrapped in every word that you said, but in my head, I was starting to think about Edgar Martinez, mm-hmm. who again, didn't hit some of those landmark numbers. Um, didn't have, was not a factor defensively. And I thought, I wonder if Todd Helton is similar to Edgar Martinez in that, in that reign. And so I scrolled down at baseballreference.com, Singles website, initially Planet Earth, and I scrolled down on Todd Helton's page and said similar batters. And the first similar batter they had was Jeff Bagwell, and the second one they had was Edgar Martinez. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, maybe maybe that's a comparable uh, player. Which I mean, um, you had uh, the you had 17 years of of uh, really really 16 years because it's 97 when he was teammates with Larry Walker <laughs> on his. Uh, uh, in that great year, uh, he basically had a cup of coffee with that team, and he was a rookie of the year candidate the next year. So right. 16 years with Colorado. Um, Edgar Martinez, I'm, I'm opening up his page. I think he played a little long. You know, 18 years. Okay. And actually pretty much the same because he had a cup of coffee for a couple of years with Seattle, and they tried to make him a third baseman, and that just didn't work. <laughs> and then they said, you know, we just need your bat. And it was around the same, you know, around uh, from 98 to 2004 was when he overlapped with Todd Helton. And the two of them just produced in every way that you could want a slugger to produce, uh, with the one exception with both of them that neither one stole any bases. But they right. got on base. They had, their, they had outrageously high slugging percentage. They had tons of home runs. They scored tons of runs. They produced tons of runs. Um, and so, you know, and I, I guess, and then you look at uh, Martinez's career numbers and and very similar to uh, Todd Helton that, you know, Martinez didn't get to the 3,000 hits, didn't get to the 400 home runs. And I have no compunction putting Edgar Martinez in the Hall of Fame. So um, maybe I have to be consistent here. You know, so, I mean, they, 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 I guess they're very similar players, Edgar and, uh, and Todd Helton. So, um, again, I, 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 those were my only, I, this is where I said I need convincing and maybe I did some convincing of myself. <laughs> um, yeah, I think they're comparable, I guess, in that end. And I, you know, again, I have no problem. If Todd Helton gets in, I understand why someone wouldn't. Right. I understand someone might say, Hey, look at, he played during the steroid era in Coors Field where everyone's stats were, were just ballooned to high hell and still couldn't hit the major milestones, you know, and and there were a lot of other sluggers at the time, blah, 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 blah. If someone thinks that, I totally understand why. I'm not going to besmirch him of that. Um, and But the other, the other point of view also I think is valid. Yeah, and, you know, the other things, too, you might look at a couple of seasons where he's banged up. He doesn't play uh, more than uh, 82 games in 2008, uh, doesn't play more than 70 games in, in 2012. So so there's some, you know, they may be able to break through on, on some of those records. But I, I think it's all fair criticism, and I think it's it's 
fair conversation to have with about Todd Helton. But if you can get compared to to Jeff Bagwell and, and, and Edgar Martinez in terms of of, of your statistics, I, that's pretty good company to to be. There's in. no getting around that Todd Helton was a great player. Yeah, there's and, no getting and, around the fact that when you if you're going to have a um, uh, you know, if you any conversation with the greatest Rocky of all time, it comes down to two. Mm-hmm. It comes down to uh, Helton, and it comes down to Walker. Yep, and the third one would have been there, but no longer with the team. Uh, it could could have been there because Arenado. Yeah, Nolan would have been if he would have played that eight year contract. I think. I think he would have been the greatest one of them all. Easy. In terms I, of the greatest, in terms of Rocky career, yeah, oh, because I mean, of what because he also brought it defensively as well. I think there's yeah. that aspect of the game. A hundred percent. Well, well, Sully, uh, you know, just a couple more things for people to keep in mind of with Larry Walker, uh, All Star, five years in a row, MVP votes that year as well. Uh, Three time Gold Glover uh, wins the Silver Slugger four years in a row as well. But again, humidor, a uh, pre humidor baseball there uh, with with the Rockies, but still impressive nonetheless. One, what if I'd like to ask you, Sully, bef- before we uh, let you go here. Hey, but before we get to that, Sully, got to tell you about some of our sponsors, including the best tasting protein bar ever, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors, I couldn't even come close to picking my favorite, even though I love all the ones that involve chocolate. But they got so many great flavors like the coconut, the cherry barcia, the raspberry, the mint brownie, the double chocolate, the salted caramel, the strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. And, of course, the German chocolate. Like I said, my favorite is anything involving chocolate. I love, love me the chocolate ones. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get the mix box. We'll get two of each of the nine delicious flavors. Hey, not only are they great tasting, they are healthy, too. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories, they range from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. They're amazing. All great, all tasty, all healthy. Check it out. The official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is pretty cool. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com for 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off Built.com. The best tasting protein bar ever. If Troy Tulowitzki stays healthy, is he a ho- would you think that that, that career ends up a hall of fame career. Do you think Troy Tulowitzki, uh, I, I, for me, there was a, a thing on Twitter and it was, if you could make one athlete healthy, basically, you know, take away their injuries in their, in their career. I, for me, I think it has to be, be, be Tulo or Griffey. Those would be, be my two, but well, think I, I think, what Griffey did with all of his injuries, right? Exactly. I, mean, I think he would have, I mean, even, I mean, he got to the 600 home runs and everything with all the injuries. Yeah, which um, is the, it's insane. But I'm just curious your thoughts on 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 Tulo, uh, the 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 big super. You know, he was that superstar uh, with Todd Helton, but that post Blake Street Bombers new era of Rockies, he was kind of that face there as well uh, in that the the postseason runs of the of the mid 2000s. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sure. I mean, there's a definite possibility. I mean, there's a lot of players. I mean, I think of Nomar Garcia Para, then right. my Red Sox. You know. Being raised a Red Sox fan, I can't help but wonder what Nomar's career would have been if he stayed healthy. Or Fred Lynn, when you know when Fred Lynn was the best hitter in baseball in the late '70s, or the best hitter in the American League for a while, and after he got traded to the Angels, I mean, he just couldn't stay healthy. He just right. every year he was 110 games. If he was healthy, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. 
I think Nomar is the same thing. I mean, I, I, one of these days I have to really sit down and think about, you know, there was um, Grady Sizemore of the Cleveland Indians was another player right. that when he was healthy, uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, another Red Sox, when he was healthy, he was an MVP candidate. He just couldn't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's some other one, obviously Bo Jackson, obviously Mark Fidrich. I mean, there's some other ones who you look at, you know, what if, you know, Mark Pryor had stayed healthy, you know, would he have been, what could he have done? Um, you know, and you think of some of the players who flamed out super fast um, and, and that, you know, if you wonder if some of them flamed out because they were living life too fast, like Dwight Gooden or, you know, their bodies kept breaking down. I mean, they're, they're, one of these days I have to really sit down and, and, you know, think about the players who, just you know, oh, oh, I I have the one. I have the one who would have been in the Hall of Fame if he had stayed healthy. Was Eric Davis? Mm. Eric Davis, who I mean, you may have been too young to remember him, but in his look up Eric Davis when he was healthy with Cincinnati. I, he was a forty seventy guy, forty home runs, seventy stolen bases, gold like highlight reel. Did everything perfectly in his peak and was impossible not to root for who had that kind of, you know, flair for the dramatic, but people who played with him said he was a great teammate. Later he had to deal with colon cancer and he came back and wound up hitting like 18 home runs or something like that post colon cancer. And, but like, you know, when he was with Cincinnati Reds, he was, there's a period, there's like a three year window where he was, oh my God, can you believe how incredible this player is? And then he just couldn't stay healthy. And, you know, and he wound up, he he hit a home run in the 90 World Series, and it was a significant home run in the first inning of game one. It sounds weird, but the A's were so heavily favored, and the A's were in the middle of, they swept the, they, they had won, they had gone four. They had gone eight and one in the '89 postseason, and just swept the Red Sox. So they had just won 12 of their last 13 postseason games, going into the '90 World Series, and the World Series looked like it was going to be a complete uh, mismatch with Cincinnati. And there was this sense in Oakland of they have to win this World Series because they won the World Series. This was going to coronate them as a dynasty, but also. Uh, the 89 World Series, they couldn't really celebrate because of the earthquake. So now this was going to be the one where they get to let loose. They get to win back-to-back. The dynasty is here. Conseco, McGuire, Dave Stewart, Eckersley, Carney Lansford, Dave Stewart, Ricky Henderson, Terry Stock, the the band's back together. And and they were going to – this was a coronation. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was probably going to, the coronation was probably going to take place in Oakland because the first two games inexplicably were in Cincinnati. This is when it didn't matter. They just, they flip flop home field advantage. And Dave Stewart had won the World Series MVP in 89 and the ALCS MVP in 90. So he was the best big game pitcher on the planet. And throwing game one of the World Series, Eric Davis homered off of him in the first inning. Wow. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, wait a minute. I thought this was a sweep. Mm-hmm. It's a game. and the Reds took the lead and they battered uh, him around and then evidently this may be apocryphal 
But uh, the commissioner of baseball, Faye Vincent, apparently turned to like the head of CBS and said, watch the red sweep now, (laughs) which is exactly what they did. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I am absolutely convinced that the home run that Eric Davis hit off of Stewart wobbled the A's. Mm -hmm. And of course, Davis couldn't celebrate with the team when they won the World Series because he made a diving attempt at a catch in the fourth game, the clinching game, and he lacerated his kidney in the process. And so oh. when the Reds won the World Series, he was in a GD hospital in Oakland. Oh, no. If anything doesn't describe the career of Eric Davis, it's the fact that while the Reds are celebrating on the field in Oakland, he has an IV in him and, <laughs> and having his kidney looked at. Oh. That's Eric Davis's career. And again, from by all accounts, a great guy and, an, and, a, and a great teammate. People used to swear by him as a teammate. Impossible not to root for. So, yeah, one of these days I should sit down and just think of all the Tulowitzkis, Fred Linz, Mark Fidrich, uh, Mark Pryors of the world, Bo Jackson's of the world. Um, who are some of the, I mean, they could just think about like, I mean, you know, you mentioned, as I said, Griffey, but he had great stats yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, Griffey was still incredible, but you know, that's yeah. how amazing he was. But like the ones who like, you know, and, and of course, Freddie Lynn and Troy Tulowitzki and Nomar and Eric Davis all had wonderful careers, right? But they could have been, you know, in the pantheon yeah. of, of great players and, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting that you know. And Tulo was when Tulo exploded on the scene in two thousand seven. Yeah, um, he was like he was like Diet Jeter. Yeah, that, you know, exactly. Yeah, you know, he he had, he had a sim. I know uh, several. I'm, I I could feel uh, Stacy Gatsoulias of Lockdown <laughs> Yankees shudder when I dare say that. Although she's you know Trace. It's Trace. Gatsoulias is more of a uh, 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 an A Rod supporter, but that's uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a great question. Yeah, that's you know I got to fill up a whole bunch of episodes of Locked On MLB in the off season. I'm going to be doing some game shows, but that is a great question. Of what are the what ifs of ter- where well, it has to be in terms of injuries? You can't. I, I'd, I'd rather have it not be people who had. Um, you know, kind of did it to themselves or yeah. Like, yeah. Know. But like, you know, the, the biggest, the, the one of the great what ifs of all time has to be Mark Fidrich mm-hmm. who was a rookie in 1976 and became the first baseball player to appear on the cover of Rolling Stone because wow. his popularity in 1976 was so outrageous. People filled the stands to watch this crazy pitcher uh, on a non-contending Tigers team. Mm-hmm. Because he would throw complete games, and he had this big mop of blonde hair, looking like Big Bird. That's why they call him the Bird. <laughs> Talking to the ball on the mound, he would right. be, you know, having conversations with the ball on the mound, tending to it like you know, playing with the dirt. Had the thickest Boston accent. You know, he was from he was from Worcester, and Worcester, had the thickest Worcester accent you ever heard in your life. And like had the biggest grin, like, I can't believe this is happening to me. Right. It was kind of like, it was like the Truman show almost like, he can't believe that all these things are that he's, <laughs> that he's so, and people just flocked. Do I have a copy of stars and strikes here? You should get, uh, no, I think I have it upstairs. Uh, Dan, I'm great book stars and strikes, which is all about the 1976 baseball season. And there's big chunks of it are about Fidrich. 
And and then he injured himself the next year. He started off to a great start in 77, and he injured himself. And it was a type of injury with today's surgery, would have he would have been back in 78. Right. But because of the way surgery was in 77, um, it ended his career. Ugh. And we really only got a year and a half of him. And he tried to come back later and then later became a swimming pool salesman and then died on his ranch. Um, a relatively young man. He was still, I think, in his 40s or 50s when he died. Oh, but, uh, you know, but he really, we only had a year and a half of him. And Bo Jackson, obviously, was just captured everyone's imagination. And I really, really, really did. I mentioned really wish that Bo only played one year of football. Yeah. That he played that one year to kind of raise a middle finger and say, yeah, I could play this still. I don't care. But I'm going to be the greatest baseball player I can be. And instead, he effed up his hip. And, um, you know, it's tough for people who are in the pre-internet, pre-social media world to understand what Bo Jackson meant. Mm -hmm. Because he was able to do that and capture people's attention without Twitter, without Facebook, without the internet. Excuse my language. You can bleep that out. Um, And it's, it's hard to remember. How did he do that without all that? And it was, I think that his rise happened to coincide with the rise of ESPN. Yeah. When ESPN went from being this obscure network where they showed motocross and, and fourth tier college football games to suddenly sports center became the place to see highlights. Mm -hmm. And that was right around the time Bo was dominating both baseball and baseball and football, but doing it, not just, it had, it had very little to do with his stats. It was about, did you see Bo did this? Right. Like, like, did he see that he threw out the runner, Harold Reynolds trying to score. And then when he did, he did the little gunslinger thing. (laughs) <laughs> or the catch. I don't know if you've ever seen the clip of his catch. And of course I'm doing what it, it's sort of, we're almost creating, it's almost like when you hear stories of different eras or even of, you know, the Negro leagues when there is no film of it. So legend gets to build up to you know, Josh Gibson hit it completely out of Yankee stadium. I really don't think he did, but we have no <laughs> evidence yay or nay and things get built up. Well, there's a catch that Bo Jackson made in Baltimore in their old stadium, Memorial Stadium, which was a beautiful stadium, by the way. And he caught the ball. He's like running catch. And of course, he's like, he's this Greek god, just sort of like, you know, <laughs> this, this, this perfection physically. Right. He's running after it, makes the catch, and the wall is in front of him. And he kind of jumps up and walks along the side of the wall like he's <laughs> Spider-Man and then back and it's all in one motion boom, 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 and then back down it's like what well, it was it was like that it was the matrix or it was like Fred Astaire dancing on, right. on the on the, the wall how many more out-of-date references can I make but it's <laughs> but that's one of the things and it was not just that he um played football but like like famously I don't remember Brian Bosworth who was the super the hyped, uh, the Boz. He was the super hyped um, college football player who went to the Seahawks and was one of the ones who was like, when Bo Jackson said, I'm going to treat football like my hobby. He's like, well, I'll show you that you know, it was my life. And like all these players were talking smack and Bosworth talked the most smack of them all. And Bo just 
<laughs> made him look like a uh, a peewee league football player on national television. And he just sort of juked him, ran around him, and just ran like, down the length of the field. And, you know, Boz with the, huh, come back. And just, it, it wasn't just that he scored a touchdown, but he did it with such flair. It wasn't just that he hit home runs. He did it at the All-Star game, leading off to straightaway center. Right. in Anaheim with Vin Scully and Ronald Reagan in the booth <laughs> off of Rick Russell, who was a great pitcher for San Francisco and not the easiest person to hit a home run off of. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, tattoos it. What no one remembers is the very next batter was Wade Boggs and Boggs also homered. No one remembers that. They right. just remember <laughs> that, that he hit it. And because of where he hit it in center field of the way that uh, Anaheim stadium used to be set up, there was just like a green, like batter's eye tarp. So when the ball sort of hits it, it just looked even further. Like it was alone. <laughs> it just sat there. It was like, it was, it was almost like a golf shot. Right. You know? But, uh, and we really only had that in 88, 89 and 90. Right. Yeah. It's a, it, there's so many, what if so many questions that, uh, that you could ask, but unfortunately it's, you only get to ask what if that's uh that's kind of, the bummer, but uh, maybe I'll join you for some more what ifs in the off season here. I got a couple of good ones for you too, including our, about that Todd Helton potential trade you, you referenced there. But Sully, got to tell you about some more of our great sponsors here, and it is indeed football season, and you can get in on all the great betting action at Bet Online, your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds. Props and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From baseball, football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and you can head to Bet Online. We also got a nice promo code with Locked On you can use, and you can go take advantage of the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And folks, we're also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your neighbor's fa or your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. But Sully, for, for those uh, Rockies fans that want to stay up to date uh, with the walking baseball encyclopedia, where should, where should they go? How should they follow you? Well, I am the walking baseball encyclopedia. Um, the, for those of you who don't know, the baseball encyclopedia, before baseballreference.com existed, you had to lug around this big, <laughs> huge book. And that was that was only updated like every other year. So sometimes you were like, 
you know, like, oh, this is not quite up to date. It only goes right. up to this year. Um, uh, and and uh, the, I used to, the, I have a picture of me uh, when I'm about five years old, maybe. And I'm at my grandparents' house uh, that was by the beach off the Long Island Sound in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And I must be five or six years old. Maybe I'm seven. I don't know. And I had found my mom's old baseball encyclopedia that went up to 1956. Oh, wow. And, and you see me, I'm on a bench reading it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm reading Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I'm just reading it and just sort of going through it. And when my family lived overseas, when I was uh, eight, nine, 10 years old, from my dad's job, we lived in uh, Europe and we didn't have, there were no baseball games to watch. Right. And, but I had all my mom's old baseball books when she was a little girl growing up in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And I consumed those books. I just looked, just sort of shoving them into my brain. And by the time I was 10 years old, I could tell you everything that happened in baseball up until 1958. Right. After 1958, <laughs> things got a little cloudy. And this was, to give you a time frame, this was 80, 81, 82. Mm-hmm. And I had made myself an expert of all things baseball up until 1958. Uh, I want to tell you the one cruel thing. We were living in Europe and we were going to, uh, spend our summer vacation back in America. We we're going to go mm-hmm. back to America for a couple of months. And we went back in the, the summer of 81. And there was only two things I wanted to do when we went back to New England for the summer of 81. I wanted to see the movie Superman 2 because I love Superman. I wanted to see Superman 2. Mm-hmm. I also wound up seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I was not expecting. <laughs> um, and I wanted to go see a baseball game. And we come back. And the players are on strike. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I wound up seeing one game. The strike ended. Go. And by the end, I wound up seeing one game. I went there to, we I didn't get to a game in Fenway, but I did see a game between the Mets and the Phillies at Chase Dam. It's the only time I ever saw Mike Schmidt and Pete Rose play in person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was, I guess, the origin of me as the baseball encyclopedia. Uh, that's where that story came from. Uh, if you if you like going on tangents like that, check me out. Uh, uh, Locked on MLB is the name of the podcast. We're on all the podcast catchers that you have. We also have a YouTube page. Uh, a good deal, not all of them, but a good deal of my episodes we post on YouTube. Uh, and if you want to go in a deeper dive, uh, you can subscribe also to Sully Baseball, which was the podcast I did between... 2012 and 2017 uh and there's about 1700 episodes of that wow. uh if you want to go into a deep dive some of them are didn't age well because it's like gee i wonder what the brewers are going to do tomorrow but right. some of them have included some great interviews with some people including um you know some players like uh uh you know um uh alice valentine sean doolittle uh, Rudy May, who was a wonderful pitcher for the Yankees, uh, actor Joe Montaigne uh, was a guest on a couple of our episodes. And so it was, it was that was a lot of fun. And then I've been doing Lockdown MLB since the 2019 season. And uh, and and also go check out the Sully Baseball YouTube page because I every year I do an in memoriam video, which is similar to the in memoriam videos that you see at the Academy Awards. I used to do it at the All Star Game, but starting last year, I'm starting to do it at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And I pay tribute to the stars that we've lost. And holy cow, there have been a lot we've lost over the last couple of years. It's been a right. bit much. And, uh, you know, including, you know, the Hall of Famers, but I also included Chadwick Boseman you know, in his role there. And right. I, actually, I also included my pop, who uh, we lost earlier this year. So 
Um, but uh, yeah, you can do all, you can check all that out there and, uh, and follow me on Twitter at Sully Baseball. No one better to follow when it comes to baseball than Sully. And uh, you can check me out. I, I made a couple appearances over there on Locked On MLB. If you're a fan favorite. Me, I am a fan favorite, I've been told. So that that big news to me. But Sully, thank you so much for your time. You got it. Folks, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much to Sully of uh, Locked On MLB for joining us today. A little bit of a longer episode, but a really great conversation with Sully. Don't forget, betting on the Rockies doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right, have a wonderful weekend. Armand Marquez on the mound to kick things off against the Nationals tonight after being pushed back from the delay. But folks, have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back in action with Locked On Rockies on Monday, and we'll talk to you then.